Thank you so much, Noel. What a kind and gracious introduction, and thank you for the invitation to, to preach amongst friends. I'm a member here. I'm a fellow volunteer, so it's an honor to just be able to share a few moments with you, and thank you to Pastor Dan Meyer for the honor and privilege of being here today in this very special place. I, I have sensed in these days that we are all sort of living on the edge a little bit right now, aren't we? We sense that our world that we once knew is beginning to tear apart at the seams, and we have that uneasy sense that the world as we once knew it is coming to an end. You know, we can go through the, the horrific issues that we face right now, whether that be Ukraine or mass shootings or uh, fears about um, inflation and the economy, and, and each one is different. But combined, they, they create a sense of, of dis-ease, right? Um, and, and just in case, your summer has just been going swimmingly, and you've missed all this, I, I, would, I would remind you that even our young people, our students, are very aware of what's happening. In fact, uh, the students that I have the privilege of being in a small group with, uh, the way we're sort of navigating through these days is watching a show on Netflix called Stranger Things, appropriately titled, where a, a group of high schoolers in Hawkins, Indiana, uh, have to fight the forces of evil that beset them. And in fact, um, they go to a place in order to address evil that is beset Hawkins in this kind of spiritual warfare, literally, uh, in a place called the Upside Down, right? I can tell you there are many moments, many mornings I've woken up like you thinking, wow, whew, the world has flipped. So I come to you this morning not with a bunch of solutions. You'll be grateful to know that. I actually come to you this morning with a word from the Lord that he offered to his disciples as they too were going through times in their ministries, in their lives, when their world had flipped and was coming apart. And he gave them a gift, a prayer that they could actually pray. And by praying this, it would unleash the very presence and purpose of Christ in the world that would so not only change them today, but would change their lives for all eternity. And I would invite you to revisit that prayer with me this morning in the 11th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Luke 11, and if you have your Bibles with you or would like to find it on your phone, if you're joining us online this morning at your kitchen table, I, I would encourage you to have this text out with you because we're going to walk through 13 verses here for the next three hours or so. And so, <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that to you. Um, but we're going to walk through this, this prayer. And, and I would remind you, as Pastor Dan reminded us just a couple of weeks ago in one of his fantastic messages, you know, Jesus and his disciples lived in a world full of violence and fear and and, and a sense of, of incredible dread and uncertainty. When, when Jesus walked around on the earth, the Romans were occupiers of Jerusalem, and people were afraid and sensed a violent revolution all around them. Uh, 
by the time Jesus was resurrected, right, after the resurrection, just a few years afterward, the Romans actually conquered Jerusalem, destroyed the temple that the Jews felt was the center of their universe, and their whole world was, was literally shattered. So, so when we're reading these pages and, and, and understanding what's going on, they are experiencing and, and feeling the very feelings that we brought in with us this morning. So it gives us great comfort to know that, that in, in those moments, they can relate to us. And, and, and when we don't know where to start, right, this is really the place where Jesus and His disciples started. Where do we begin? What do we say? What do we do? We, we talk a lot about thoughts and prayers, right? So if we are praying, where do we begin with that? Well, Jesus' disciples had an idea. Many of them had come from the camp of a, of a preacher named John who believed the world was going to end any moment. The, the Messiah would come right there physically and would clean up the place. You know, he walked around with camel's hair wearing camel's hair. He didn't wear a nice suit to church. He lived out in the desert. He ate locusts. He preached fiery messages, and they liked it. And they came to Jesus, and they said, hey, how does he pray, right? We want to pray like him. And, and Jesus, you know, you can imagine when, they, when the disciples asked Jesus, how did John pray to God? We want to pray like him. <laughs> Jesus, standing right in front of them, right, who was God, had to have a bit of a smile on his face as he answered this question, right? They, the disciples had not yet fully realized who they were dealing with. But Jesus wanted to give them a prayer on the way. A DoorDash prayer, if you will, right? That in a time of anxiety, in a time of emergency, that we would call out in desperation to God, and this is what we would say. The Jews prayed in Jesus' day scripted prayers. They didn't Im improvise much. They prayed sometimes four or five times a day usually scripted prayers, some the Psalms, and the disciples wanted to know, well, what do we say in an emergency like John? And he said, all right, well, I'll, I'll teach you. you. You use these words. So, in Luke 11, 1 through 4, we have it. In fact, we prayed a longer version of that earlier in our service this morning from the Gospel of Matthew. Luke's is shorter because there's a sense of urgency, right? Luke 11, 1 through 4. Notice in your Bible with me. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And after he had finished praying, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray the way John taught his disciples, right? We want to pray like him. All right, he said to them, okay. When you pray, say this. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts. 
for we ourselves, forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. Wow. What is Jesus telling the disciples to pray for? He says, I want you to pray for four things. When you're in an emergency, when you're in a crisis, when you feel like your world is falling apart, I want you to pray for four things. The first thing I want you to pray for is for God's reign right now. In fact, the, the, the urgency, the sense that the New Testament was written in Greek, the Greek, word, the Greek words literally are, come kingdom. You know, Jews prayed with their with their arms outstretched. They didn't sit silently and piously like we do in a sense of reverence with bowed heads. I mean, arms outstretched, looking up to the heavens, Lord, come kingdom. Now, I don't know if you can tell by the accent I have, but I'm from the South. And so, when we say things like come kingdom, when our arms are outstretched, we're usually at like a a football game, you know. (laughs) And so, we say things like, come on kingdom. Now, I don't know if Some of you may live in Florida when it gets cold, so you kind of know what I'm talking about. But we could say this together, can't we? Come on, kingdom. Say that with me. Come on, kingdom. There you are. All right, good. You got it. You can do this. The sense that, God, we've tried everything we know. You take over, right? In fact, it was the sense we sang it earlier. My Lord, what a morning. We want that morning this morning, all right? We want Jesus to come. They prayed for the imminent reign of Christ, the the return of Jesus right then. He said, that that seems strange to us, but that's exactly what we are to pray for, for Jesus to return right now. We've tried everything we know. We want your reign. The second thing he said is, I want you to pray for tomorrow's bread today. We say, give us today our daily bread. That word in Greek is really a bread on the morrow. I love that. It's the sense that the bread we're going to have when Jesus reigns and returns and and we are gathered together in heaven, we're going to be participating in what the book of Revelation calls the marriage supper of the Lamb. Okay. Jesus says, I want you to pray for the appetizer. Pray to taste that bread as your bread today. I want you to get a taste of it. Third thing he says to pray for is debt forgiveness. Wow. Why would we pray for that? He says we're living in urgent times, and our sin is like a debt to God. That when we are sinning, when we are committing wrong, we are living on borrowed time. He said, well, if the sense that our world is is coming apart at the seams, you want to get all that cleaned up, right? That you want to wipe the slate clean, pray that your sins will be forgiven as you are releasing everybody else from the obligations they have to you, that, that you kind of keep score in your head. I don't know No one else would do that here, but I I know I have a little problem with that. So, um, he says, pray for that. The fourth thing he says is, pray for temptation protection. You feel like you live in strange times, don't know where to start? Pray 
Lord, lead us not into temptation. Now, if you've read the book of James, you know that God doesn't tempt you, okay? What he's praying for is God to protect you when you are tempted, to protect you from the forces of evil, when the world is upside down, when evil is all around you, to pray that, that God will protect you in those moments. Now, now why? This, this seems very heavy. I mean, off, uh, this is the, this, we're in the middle of the summer. We came to church hoping for something light and fun, right? You know, encouraging. Why would we go into this heavy topic? He said, well, I think you need practice disciples, disciples. I mean, you practice things all the time in this world, right? We practice for emergencies. Lifeguards practice to rescue you if you are, appear to be drowning in the pool, right? They go through a little drill. Our SALT team here goes through practice to keep us all safe during these times, to know what to do in the case of an emergency. Uh, we, we go through uh, fire drills, and, and, and now our schools go through active shooter drills. They, they practice all of these things. He says, in these times, your prayer needs practice. We need to practice where we're going to start, what we need to say to God, because let's just face it, in our world today, God is really the only one we can trust right now. Jesus said in a a parable that, that we really can only trust in God as our Father when we sense these times. Let me give you an example. Look at verse 5. He says, by way of an example in his world, Luke 11, verse 5, he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, you know, friend in air quotes, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer them. But the friend on the inside says to him, Do not bother me. The door is already locked. My children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. But I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. But I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and it you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and to him who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks it will be open. For which of you, if his, of, of you fathers, if your son asks for, for a fish, will give him a snake, or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Now, now what is Jesus talking about? He said, this is the way the world really works. In the middle of the night, in his world, Every house was interlocked. The neighborhoods were tighter than than those in the western suburbs or in the loop of Chicago. And there were no hotels. And visiting Jews always stayed with Jews for protection. 
And so if someone shows up at, in the middle of the night, you would have to offer him some place to stay. In fact, if they stood at the if he stood outside shouting and say, uh, give me three loaves of bread because I just had a neighbor show up, you would have to give him something so he wouldn't wake up the whole neighborhood. Jesus loves these parables that awaken our imagination, right? He said, but unfortunately, that's the way the world is. We feel like we have to stand up and beg and plead and, and get our way and, and, and bargain for, for what we, just the basic needs of life. But Jesus says, that's not how God is. In fact, our God is, is like a loving father that when you ask, God's already planning to give it to you. When you seek he, you will find. When you knock, the door will be opened for you. He is not waiting for you to beg. He doesn't need you to bargain with Him in an emergency. He is wanting you to ask. Because here's where Jesus' world and our world differs. Here's where it does diverge. Because in His world, if someone shows up at midnight, you imagine that they are looking for a place to stay. But in our world, here in the nice western suburbs of Chicago, if, uh, if someone shows up at your house at midnight, well, usually your world is about to change, right? Some of you know what I'm talking about. That if there's a knock on your door at midnight, it's a police officer asking you to come down to the station. If someone comes to your door at midnight, it's the ambulance taking your loved one to the emergency room. It's the pastor or a friend standing on the front doorstep on the porch with terrible, awful news. And Jesus says, that's exactly where you start with this prayer. You get it? We practice that prayer for midnight. Then it, when it seems that our lives are on the stroke of midnight and we don't know where to start, that's exactly when we turn to the Lord with this prayer. Not out of a sense of bargaining, right? What did we say in, in the psalm earlier that we read today? He doesn't need our sacrifices, right? <laughs> the last time we came to God in emergency was probably an algebra class when we said, Lord, if you just help me get through this test, I'll never miss another church service. He says, I don't need that kind of praying. I don't need you to promise me everything. I just need you to turn to me in these moments. Come to me. I'm ready for you to ask, to seek, to knock. I'll be there. And here's what I'm going to give you. Are you ready for this? He is going to answer your prayer, just not in the way you expected. Uh, look at verse 13. He says, if you then who are evil and are living in such strange times know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give? Watch this. 
the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. Wow. What Jesus is going to give us, in this moment He teaches the disciples, in that urgent prayer when we don't know where to start, He is actually going to give us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to do five things for us in these moments when we ask. The Holy Spirit is God's presence Christ's presence in and through the life of the church today. And and He's going to give us five things. The first thing the Holy Spirit is going to do is the Spirit is going to start Christ's reign. The Spirit is going to help us awaken to the fact that Christ's reign has already begun. The Spirit is a starter. It starts our awareness. We don't have to wait until the great morning. We're praying for it. But we become aware that Christ's reign begins now in us, with us, here today, in this place. That Christ already is taking charge of our lives and we're surrendering to it. The second thing is the Holy Spirit starts the very friendship feast that we prayed for. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, the bread of tomorrow that we're going to taste at the marriage supper of the Lamb, You're going to get an appetizer of that today when you break the bread of life with each other. Some of you are doing that right now. When you have been at Camp Cow, passing the bread to the middle schoolers, you're tasting the kingdom of heaven. When you are at the food pantry, at the Salvation Army, handing out the bread, you are getting just an appetizer. Or if you were with our children on Rock and Canoe last week, if you're going to Milwaukee with the middle schoolers this week, if you're in Baja with our high schoolers right now, you get the picture, right? And when you dare to walk down the street to the neighbor, where an ambulance visited last night and you take a loaf of bread just to show up, you're tasting the kingdom. And we pray that the Spirit starts it, right? Because the Spirit then starts forgiveness. We pray, forgive us our sins as we release those who have debts against us. The Spirit starts the process. The Spirit says, you are my beloved son, my daughter. With you I am well pleased. Really, right now, the debt is wiped away. Your sins are forgiven. And the Spirit, Jesus tells us, actually gives us the words to say to those who are indebted to us. As Myron Madden once remarked, we won't be able to pay off emotional debts with cash. We can only release people from debts to us with presence and words. And when we don't know what to say, say, says Jesus, the Holy Spirit will give us a mouth and wisdom to the prodigal son, to the elder sister or brother, 
to the one that we waited for and longed for at the edge of midnight. And the Spirit is there with us. And the Spirit starts protection from temptation. That through the power of the church, that when we walk through these moments, the Spirit protects us. You see, our students aren't just watching Stranger Things during these days. They're also showing up at church and through the church. I asked the the 10th graders that are in my small group about about this message. I said, I'm going to be preaching on prayer. What should I say? And they said, tell them two things. Prayer calms the mind. Mm -hmm. The second thing is prayer is the place you go in anxiety, discouragement, fear, etc. There's a lot of etc. right now, isn't there? But when we don't know where to start, Jesus says we start right here with this prayer. I used to be a pastor. One of the, pa- one of the churches I served out in West Texas, we used to have Wednesday night services. So we were oftentimes at the church very late, serving and working and helping and doing things. And so I'd get home late after Parker, our older son, was, was in bed and sort of stirring around, getting ready for the next day at work. About 11.30 one night, knock at the door. Never good. But when I opened the door, there was a teenager standing there, head drooped, and his mom standing behind him, fear, worry, tears in her eyes. She was a single mom, gone through a lot of pain in her life. I knew her story well. I knew the story of this young man. And she said to me, as only a mom can, eyebrows raised, David has something he needs to tell you. All right? I invited them in. It was dark. Everybody else was asleep in the house, sat on the couch. I said, well, David, what do you have to say? I had no idea. And he looked up with these puppy dog look look in his eyes, and he says, I stole the walkie-talkies from the church tonight. And I am so sorry I'm here to return them. Whew! (laughs) Now, you know, for me as a pastor, the walkie-talkie thing, not that big of a deal, right, in the grand scheme of things. But to that mother... This was the edge of midnight, right? She was worried, right? If he was going to turn out like one of them. So in that moment, we didn't know where to start. So we just prayed. And I forgave him. And the Spirit forgave him. 
Even harder to do, his mother forgave him. And I want you to know that he turned out to be a really good man. He has a nice family today. Not because of anything I did. Because that's the kind of God we serve. Someone we can trust. When we don't know where to start. So would you join me today in praying this prayer? Because my guess is there might be a few people today and joining us online who are, who are at the stroke of midnight. And I can promise you as you pray this prayer, the Holy Spirit will begin its work. It's on the screen. Let's just say it together. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. Would you bow with me for prayer? Loving Heavenly Father, by the power of your Spirit moving in this place and online today, We come to you as people knowing not what to do, but who to turn to. And we pray that you would start the work today in us. And as you do, as you begin your reign, as you start the feast, as you forgive us, and as you protect us, give us the words to say. Because you are the one we can trust in these days. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.